The Carolina Panthers are back in action on Christmas Eve for the second year in a row. Can they play spoiler this week against the Packers? I'll give you my three keys of victory right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where two more times this season on Wednesdays, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter after the game on Sunday to get your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions into me at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the, mo- the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 for the second year in a row. The Carolina Panthers will host an NFC North team on a Christmas Eve in Uptown Charlotte. Last year, against the Lions, the Carolina Panthers ran riot, ran all over the Lions in that blowout victory. This year, can they do the same against a Packers defense that has been susceptible over the last couple weeks, giving up big games to Tommy DeVito and to Baker Mayfield, a perfect passer rating on Sunday in that victory at Lambeau Field. And since the Panthers have won again, and this does not feel like a fruitless endeavor, let's do it. Keys to victory here on a Friday heading into this Christmas Eve matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Key number one, and this is always a key every single week for the Carolina Panthers. They must protect Bryce Young. We saw Bryce Young complete 75% of his passes last week, lead the second career Final minute drive to win the game. Something that we did not see Baker Mayfield do, Sam Darnold do, Teddy Bridgewater do, P.J. Walker to a lesser extent. We did not see any of those guys do that over the last three years here in Carolina. So it's a positive that Bryce Young has been able to do that twice so far in his rookie season. Now, of course, there's been plenty of other things that have been concerning, but I'm going to try and look at the positive, and that certainly is a positive for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. The last time Bryce Young had a game-winning drive against Houston that expired the clock ended in an Eddie Pinheiro field goal. He came back the next week against the Colts and threw two pick sixes. You don't want to see the same result. Bryce Young needs to grow from that experience and be able to carry over last week's ending into this week and lead the Carolina Panthers to a victory and hopefully not one, but two, maybe even three touchdowns on offense. It's Thomas Brown, the play caller here in Carolina, six games, five touchdowns, three of those games, big fat goose egg. That needs to change. The Panthers offensive line must protect Bryce Young. The Packers are bringing over a fairly salty defensive front. According to Pro Football Reference, the Packers are 7th in pressure percentage, 8th in quarterback knockdown percentage, and 6th in quarterback hurries percentage. The Panthers, according to ESPN's pass blocking win rate stat, are 21st in the league. Taylor Moten has been awesome the last couple of weeks, not allowing a single sack, only one pressure 
in 72 pass blocking snaps corner pro football focus we've seen the struggles with Mickey Aquano be interesting to see who starts at right guard likely going to be Gabe Jackson who came in for Nash Jensen an undrafted free agent at North Dakota State in the third quarter of last week's game against Atlanta but even still whether it's him whether it's Jensen whether it's somebody else stepping up there at guard the interior of the offensive line has to hold true if they're going to have any sort of passing success on Sunday afternoon against Green Bay so key number one they must protect Bryce Young number two And the Panthers have done this really well over the last three weeks. They have to run the ball well. The Packers are the third worst run defense in the league in yards allowed. They're fourth worst in yards per attempt at 4.6. Joe Barry, right now the embattled defensive coordinator with the Green Bay Packers. He has seen his defense just get shredded on the ground all season long, and especially in most recent weeks. The Panthers have been outstanding running the football against Tampa against New Orleans and against Atlanta in the last three games that they have played. And that, of course, coincides with firing Frank Reich and deciding let's get back to basics, what they did last year, and be a run-first team, knowing the inefficiencies they have at quarterback and, of course, the weaponry around them and the injuries and also the struggles of returning players on the offensive line. In the last three games, the Panthers have rushed for an average of 155.3 yards, which is ranked fourth in the NFL during that span. Their second most attempts during that period as well with 36.3. The Panthers are focusing on the run game. They're having success in the run game, and hopefully that will be the case again on Sunday, and it will need to be the case if Carolina is going to come out on top against Green Bay. The number three, the defense has to continue to play lights out. We understand that the bar for the defense is incredibly high for this team to have an opportunity to win games, considering that this is among the worst, if not the worst, offense in the NFL. Now, they've shown the ability to run the football over the last couple weeks, but the passing game still leaves a lot to be desired, and that's just going to be the case for the final three weeks of the season here in 2023. Then the hope in the offseason, some things can change. But the defense, especially post-buy, have given the Carolina Panthers an opportunity to be in a lot of these games. Now, there's been some flukes like the Saints game where the Panthers defense only allowed 207 yards and then somehow lost that game by 22 points. When you have some special teams issues, your offense can't throw the football. Well, that's kind of the result that you get. But looking at the last two defensive performances, the Saints, yes, they won that game. The dam eventually broke in the fourth quarter where Derek Carr didn't have 100 yards passing until that point in time in the game. Same case with Bryce Young. Both offenses struggled on that afternoon, but the Saints in total had 207 yards. The Falcons last week in the rain-soaked game here at Bank of America Stadium only had 204 total yards. When you are only allowing those outputs, you should win those games more often than not, probably every single time. There's, of course, going to be the anomalies, and I think that really is a Saints game, but that's a game the Panthers should win. Since the bye, going into the bye against Detroit and against Miami, two of the best offenses in the league, the Panthers were reeling defensively. They didn't have Von Bell out there. They didn't have J.C. Horn. didn't have Xavier Woods. We're missing Jack Thompson. A ton of defensive injuries. Some guys trying to step up, and it just did not work out. But post-bye, the Carolina Panthers have only allowed 155.6 passing yards per game, and they're holding opponents under 100 yards rushing per game at 98.1 currently. Looking in the league, uh, they are third in the NFL in yards allowed and ninth in yards per play allowed, which is so interesting, too, because I look at 
EPA, which is expected points added. That's a stat that a lot of the film nerds like to bring up. Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers on our crossover episode yesterday was asking about the Panthers' defensive EPA, especially when it comes to the run defense and why it's so bad. So I went back to look at the numbers just to understand what exactly is going on here with the advanced analytics. Panthers are 19th in total defensive EPA, 12th in passing defense EPA, and then they're 32nd in run defense EPA, which does not really add up to me when I watch the team on Sunday only allow 52 yards, rushing 1.7 yards per play against the Falcons, a team that held the Saints under 100 yards rushing, and a team that has been much better against the run. Early on in the season, they weren't great, but over the last month and a half, they have been a fairly solid run unit. Maybe they're not getting enough tackles for loss. I'm not quite sure what EPA is necessarily mixing into its formula to churn out the fact that the Panthers are the worst run defense, according to them. Um, but they're 10th in the NFL right now in rushing yards allowed at 4.0. The Broncos are giving up close to six rushing yards allowed per attempt. That's the worst in the league. So I don't understand that Carolina's the worst in the league. They have definitely improved in run defense. They don't get a lot of takeaways. They're not great in the red zone. Those, are, of course, are two criticism of this defense. But aside, And also not getting after the passer. But aside from that, it's been a fairly salty unit that's not giving up a ton of yardage and is doing the best it can in spite of a bad offense. So the Carolina Panthers got to protect Bryce Young. Need to run the ball well once again in the defense. Just keep on doing what you've been doing the last couple weeks against the Saints and the Falcons. And the Carolina Panthers will have an opportunity on Christmas Eve to spoil the Packers' Christmas and their NFC wildcard playoff hopes this Sunday afternoon. Could be the second week in a row the Panthers play spoiler. But who will be available for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday? Looks like a trio of edge rushers and a tight end will be back. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your team win in so many great places to go on Sunday afternoon before after watching the Carolina Panthers game. My personal favorites here locally. I love to go over to Hawthorne's Pizza. Also a big fan of Yafo. Mama Ricotta's been hitting, up, hitting that up recently. So many great places locally here in Charlotte and wherever you may be. Get 50% off to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Let's take a quick look at the Carolina Panthers injury report as they head into Sunday's matchup against the Packers. A must win for Green Bay. Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers saying if this team, especially defensively, has any pride, they're going to go out there and beat the 2-12 and 12 Carolina Panthers. Well, the Carolina Panthers... If they have any pride, they're going to go out there and they're going to compete and hopefully win on Sunday, next Sunday against Jacksonville, and the Sunday after that, preventing Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from, from potentially winning the division here at Bank of America Stadium. If they have any pride, they themselves will also go out there and compete and find a way, hopefully, to win 
on Sunday afternoon. But who will be out there looking at the injury report on Friday afternoon? Brian Burns, Itor Grossmatos, and Marquise Haynes, three edge rushers here in Carolina. Here in Carolina, We're all full participants on pra- at practice on Friday, and they are all good to go versus the Packers. All three miss Wednesday and Thursday with illnesses. That's something that's going around here in Carolina, going around across the league, across the United States. Uh, everybody be safe out there, but those guys should be good to go. Brian Burns, of course, has been the best edge rusher here in Carolina. We talked about him on the weekly Wednesday mailbag earlier this week, and someone saying, hey, is he just going to walk? He has not wowed anybody. Well, look at the stats of Gross Matos. Marquise Haynes, the former Panther, now Justin Houston. Uh, look at Amari Barno, DJ Johnson. What have they done at outside linebacker this season? Absolutely nothing, which is why... Again, the Carolina Panthers have no leverage. Brian Burns should be out there. And Chris, uh, not Chris Tabor, but Jero Vero, the D.C. here in Carolina, uh, in his weekly press conference on Thursday, said that the Atlanta Falcons game, uh, the second one, was the one of the best games that Brian Burns has played so far this season. He played his best game, in my opinion, that week one game against Atlanta. So good to see that happen. Can he follow it up with a big-time performance against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday? He should be good to go. Itor Grossmatos, who made an outstanding play to start that game on that fourth down, setting the edge on the run stop. And then Marquise Haynes, who, unfortunately, with the back injury, he's been dealing with that all year long, has not had the kind of impact that many people hoped. And we had a conversation throughout the offseason. Can Marquise Haynes be that starter? Can he step up? Many of you thought that would be the case. Of course, it has not been primarily because of the back injury. Would that, would that have been the case? I doubt it, but we will never know. Ian Thomas, he has an ankle injury, but is expected to be good. Uh, according to Chris Tabor, the Panthers interim head coach saying, should be good to play versus the Packers. He was listed as questionable uh, on Friday. That will give the Panthers three healthy tight ends after only playing two tight ends last week with Ian Thomas out. Clodden Cherilis, you may remember him as some of the Carolina Panthers uh, were able to pick up off of waivers after the initial roster cut down back at the end of August. He's been on IR with a knee injury for the last month and a half or so. He was activated earlier this week off of IR. He was a full participant uh, at practice on Friday and is listed as questionable, a key special teamer. He should be back out there on Sunday afternoon. Then Sam Franklin, another key special teamer here in Carolina, was limited all week with a quad slash back injury listed as questionable will be interesting to monitor whether he's able to go out there and play on Sunday afternoon and then one other key uh, thing that was mentioned by Chris Tabor on Friday during his press conference they're not willing to name who's going to be the starter at right guard as I mentioned to y'all earlier in the show Gabe Jackson trending that way that he'll be the starter at right guard last week in the third quarter he came in to replace uh, Nash Jensen, the undrafted free agent out of North Dakota State, who was making a second career start and I guess was having some struggles. And the Panthers were able to break out for a couple big runs in that third quarter on that tribe. But that was blown up by Gabe Jackson, who gave up a sack, which was a strip sack. But Bryce Young was able to thankfully recover that game, that ball. And then later on in that drive, he also had a holding penalty on him. So Gabe Jackson showed the promise in the run game. And that's what the Carolina Panthers are really trying to lean on. He's an experienced bet. They gave him a couple of weeks to really – Get his feet under him, get in here, understand what he's doing, and they had some success temporarily. We'll see if that will be the case this week if he's a starting right guard. I would expect him to be the starting right guard and for Cade Mays to slide in there again at left guard on Sunday against the Packers. So there's a quick injury update and what we're looking at as far as the lineup goes on Sunday afternoon as the Green Bay Packers come to town to face off against the Carolina Panthers. Now we're still focused, of course, for the next two-plus weeks 
on the 2023 season, but very soon we'll be looking at potential head coaching candidates. There was an interesting report slash tweet that was put out there by Josina Anderson that was quickly refuted by one coaching candidate's agent. We'll get into whether there really is a price tag for the golden boy the Carolina Panthers hope to lure here in a couple of weeks. Talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on the projected stats, and place your entry. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball for the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo projection of three-pointers made plus receptions. Price picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code Lock. Locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Only three more games remain here in the 2023 regular season for the Carolina Panthers, but that has not stopped fans and I think most people from looking ahead to the offseason and wondering who will be the next head coach here in Carolina, fair or not, David Tepper will be hiring his seventh head coach, including interim head coaches, once he makes a hire later on in 2024. Will that be Ben Johnson of the Detroit Lions, their offensive coordinator, who turned down the job here last year in Carolina, got a contract extension and stayed in Detroit where he wanted to be under Dan Campbell? And again, this year in 2023, has the Lions flying high, the top team in the NFC North, and a team that's hoping potentially to be there in the Super Bowl. I believe it's in Las Vegas this year. But Ben Johnson will be one of the top candidates out there for the Carolina Panthers, for the Los Angeles Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders, and whatever whatever other jobs come available here uh, shortly. Now, looking at it here in Carolina, we know David Sepper was very interested in him last year. And all the reporting was that Ben Johnson was the favorite to get the job. And you wonder, how can someone be the favorite to get a job that they never even interviewed for? Well, you know why. Money talks and money was the topic of discussion or conversation around Ben Johnson on Thursday afternoon. As Josina Anderson, I believe she's now with CBS Sports, also does kind of her own thing. She went out there and tweeted that, I'm told personnel around the league are discussing their awareness that some owners have been told Lions OC Ben Johnson's asking price is at least or around $15 million a year for a head coach job per source, which led many people to wonder, is that the price for everybody or is that the price for David Tepper, who everyone across the NFL knows is desperate for Ben Johnson to be his next head coach? The, of course, North Carolina alum, the North Carolina native who could come here and potentially turn around this offense and work with Bryce Young and hopefully have the Carolina Panthers back winning games. Now, when I first saw that, I thought it was outrageous, um, if it's even true at all. And we'll get to whether it's true or not, because it was uh, debunked by his agent, Richmond Flowers. But uh, when I first saw that, I was like, okay, well, I, honestly, I was like, okay, if it's $15 million, go ahead and double that for David Tepper, just knowing that I don't know if Ben Johnson would want to come here. The reporting that we uh, got the other week from The Athletic about people within the organization telling him all year long how difficult of a situation Carolina is. And having heard that makes me feel like he's probably not going to come in here. People are trying to warn him 
I don't know whether it's saying, hey, if you want to come take the job, this is just what you're going to be dealing with, or they're saying don't take the job. Either way, doesn't seem like a ringing endorsement that he would be coming to Carolina unless David Tepper is willing to break a few more piggy banks to pay Ben Johnson to come here and to be his head coach. But $15 million, if that actually was even accurate, is accurate, is outrageous too for a guy who's never been a head coach at any level. Yes, he's been an outstanding play caller, but that does not mean he can manage a team. That does not mean that he is someone who can lead. That does not mean he's going to be able to hire the right defensive personnel who's going to run the right schemes and that he can juggle the responsibilities of being a head coach and also being a play caller. Completely different ball game. I hope that Ben Johnson has success uh, as a head coach. Hope it's here in Carolina. But $15 million is going to need you to maybe win a Super Bowl before you get paid that amount of money. Now, his agent, Richmond Flowers, came out a couple of hours after that tweet was circling around the internet, and he said, I'm told personnel around the league are discussing their awareness that there is no asking price or demand, and this tweet is 100% false and irresponsible reporting per source, which his source would be him, the agent of Ben Johnson. I don't know. I'm going to kind of lean on with the agent here. $15 million. I... I don't even know how many coaches even make that amount of money. A lot of these contracts are kind of kept under wraps. Like Bill Belichick probably makes that. I think Pete Carroll, maybe. I don't know. Um, McVay may make that out there with the Rams. But for the next Panthers coach to make that kind of amount of money seems a little ridiculous. Um, unless it's just David Tepper paying whatever it's possible to get a top candidate to come here to convince them. Because other than getting paid 15 mil, 20 mil a year, I don't see the attractiveness of this job knowing that you have to deal with that guy every Tuesday to break down what went right, what rent went wrong. And he's going to be in every other situation too as far as the organization goes. So we'll see how that works out. But a quick little coaching search update, so to speak, here on the show. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where I'll be back on Wednesday one more time, or two more times, so penultimate time, before ending the weekly Wednesday mailbag. And we'll head back to Friday mailbag, so either at me or DM me to get those questions in to me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all on Sunday following the Carolina Panthers win. Yes, I said it against the Green Bay Packers.